stay dressed for action and keep your lamps burning and be like men who are waiting for their master to come home from the wedding feast so that they may open the door to hear at once when he comes and knocks. Blessed are those servants whom the master finds awake when he comes. Truly I say to you, he will dress himself for service and have them recline at table and he will come and serve them. If he comes in the second watch or in the third and finds them awake, blessed are those servants. But know this, that if the master of the house had known at what hour the thief was coming, he would not left, have left his house to be broken into. You also must be ready for the son of man is coming at an hour you do not expect. Peter said, Lord, are you telling this parable for us or for all? And the Lord said, who then is the faithful and wise manager whom his master will set over his household to give them their portion of food at the proper time? Blessed is that servant whom his master will find so doing when he comes. Truly I say to you, he will set him over all his possessions. But if that servant says to himself, my master is delayed in coming and begins to, to beat the male and female servants and to eat and drink and get drunk, the master of that servant will come on a day when he does not expect him and at an hour he does not know and will cut him in pieces and put him with the unfaithful. And that servant who knew his master's will but did not get ready or act according to his will will receive a se severe beating. But the one who did not know and did what deserved a beating will receive a light beating. Everyone to whom much was given of him much will be required. And from him to whom they entrusted much they will demand the more. The gospel of the Lord. Well, we have this uh, wonderful passage of Scripture uh, before us this morning. It's been read to us. Uh, let's ask God the Holy Spirit now to teach us uh, and to be our guide. Oh, Lord, our God, we thank you as we come together that you would speak to us by your Spirit as we look into your Word, uh, that we would mark it, read it, learn it, digest it, uh, and that by your spirit, you would make us ready to be your disciples in Jesus' name. Amen. As I said earlier, it's just so very good to be back with you uh, at Emmanuel. I understand uh, that you have been studying Luke's gospel uh, on Sunday mornings. I'm so encouraged uh, to know that. God bless you. And you're already in Luke chapter 12. That tells me that you've done considerable work uh, to get to that point. And uh, I was given a very large passage of Scripture, and so I, I dropped the last portion off, just to say, it's not that that's not important. <laughs> it's super important uh, that we read it all, but I'm going to uh, focus today on the passage that was uh, read to us. Already in Luke 12, uh, you will have been reminded that what we do and what we believe here and now counts for eternity. So this is looking forward always. In fact, um, what we do now, we've already discovered in Luke's gospel, has ongoing repercussions for eternity. And Jesus has been speaking in a number of places uh, about the ungodly and the foolish, 
And by way of contrast, he's spoken of those who are commendable and righteous and good examples, those who are wise. And so that brings us to our gospel passage this morning where Jesus says to his disciples and those who are listening, he speaks to them about characteristics of faithful servants. What are those characteristics of the wise servant, the servant who is following the Lord? What does she look like? What does he look like? What is exemplified in the way they think and live and work for Christ? And Jesus says, this is how, this is how you'll recognize such people. We might recognize such people like that at Emmanuel this morning. Those who, in their lives, exemplify the fruit of the gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ. So, let's consider some of these characteristics that Jesus mentions. They're not all original to me. Readiness is one. Diligence is another. Accountability. Sometimes it's a bit awkward for us, that one, and we'll dive into these uh, characteristics just uh, shortly. But let's look at the orientation of the faithful servant, and this can be seen in contrast to the orientation of the foolish servant. And Jesus often does that, doesn't he? He talks about darkness and light, truth and error, here and now, and eternity. And there are two things to note here. So if you're jotting things down, uh, notice these two things. The first one is the focus of the faithful servant. Where, where is his focus? Did you notice as it was read to us? Do, do you see it there in the text? The focus of the faithful servant is always on the master. Everything that is described about the faithful servant exemplifies this orientation of being focused on the master. And I think that's just beautiful. The faithful servant has his eyes set. The faithful servant has his heart set, his love set. Where? On the master. So that he's anticipating the master, preparing for the master. He's diligently serving the master. Uh, he's rewarded by the master. Do you notice that in the text? We'll come to it in a moment. So his focus is on the master. Secondly, the faithful servant has his heart and his mind, yes, focused on the master, but also future orientated on the future rather than concerned with the immediate before him. Rather than just being focused here and now, I mean, we can't get away from some focus on the here and now, but that's not where he lands entirely. His focus is directed. There's a future gaze to something that's going to happen, something yet to happen. And both of those things come out in this passage. We see them in the characteristics that Jesus is punctuating here about a faithful servant, a focus on the master and a focus on the future. And again, if you're jotting things down, uh, jot those two down. So let's have a look at these, these characteristics of this faithful servant. Look with me if you've got your Bibles here. It's, the text is printed for you in the uh, bulletin. In verses 35 to 40, I want us to think about readiness. Have that word in your minds, readiness. Look at what Jesus says, stay dressed for action. Keep your lamps burning. 
and be like men who are waiting for their master to come home from the wedding feast so that they may open the door to him. Notice when? At once, when he comes and knocks. So Jesus begins there, look at it in verse 35, by giving us the picture of one who is dressed for action. I wonder what sort of dress that might be. Like your dress this morning, Jim, actually you dress up quite well. Uh, what sort of dress would make us ready for action? The old King James Version translation of the Bible in this passage speaks about a man whose loins are girded. And men in Jesus' day dressed in long robes, not dissimilar to the type of robe that I'm wearing this morning, and they could be tied up or girded into their belt so that they could run, so that they wouldn't trip over their long robe, uh, be girded, uh, be dressed for action, uh, uh, gird those loins, lift up the robe, tuck it in so that you can press on. And we'll read later on in Luke's gospel, and no doubt when you come to study it, uh, of uh, the man who takes up his robe, same picture there, and runs toward his returning prodigal son. It's the same image. Remember that when you get to that passage, one who is free of entanglements in order to do what? Remember, to focus on the master and focus on the future. Are you getting those things? I hope you are. Say yes, Bishop. I know you're getting those things. Not only are loins girded, not only are they dressed for action. Notice, look, back in verse 35 again, lamps are also burning. Dressed for action and lamps are burning. And those of you who know the New Testament immediately think, ah, there's a familiarity here with the scriptures, the parable of the ten virgins, the bridesmaids, and all that Jesus taught there. And the parallel that is found there to focus on the master. Have the lamps burning. Focus on the master and focus on the future. Lights are to be kept on so that when the master comes, what does he find? a warm glow in the heart of his disciple to greet him, to welcome him, not into a dark house, but into a house that has been prepared for him. How do we prepare our hearts? We'll do so in our service today by receiving that invitation to confess our sins and receiving great assurance that we are forgiven. So the master is coming home here and they are watching. Think of yourself as you think of this servant. They are alert. They are looking to receive their master. They're, they're exemplifying what? A readiness here. That's what I want you to see. Verse 38, look down there, if you would. Speaks of the master coming home when? In the second or the third watch of the night. That's that awkward hour from 10 p.m. to 2 a.m., or 2 a.m. to 6 a.m. When I restless about the church and I'm up in the middle of the night, it's that, uh, that second or third watch of the night, and they're still looking for the master. They've still got a gaze on him. They're prepared for him. They are ready for him at once, even if it's at an awkward time. Think of yourself again and put yourself here in the context of the servant being ready. And notice in verse 37, 
As I studied this this week, I thought this is remarkable. Look with me uh, in the passage in verse 37. Jesus is describing the fact that these faithful servants who live with a readiness and a watchfulness are super abundantly blessed. And he says to them in verse 38, it's almost unbelievable, but he says to them in verse 38, come with me and sit down at the table, and I will serve you. Not you serve me, but I, Jesus, the master, imagine this, will serve you. And it's a picture of the master waiting upon his servants. Incredible, isn't it? Almost unthinkable. And yet, my brothers and sisters, this is the nature of who Christ is to his people. This is the Lord who came not to be served, but to serve. And he takes on one occasion, do you remember, a towel in a basin, and he washes dirty feet. He carries a cross. He gives of his life. This is the Lord we serve, and to be numbered amongst his people is to be numbered amongst the most blessed people in the whole world of all of history. And he says it in verse 38, blessed are those servants. Do you notice that there? If you do things like I do, uh, I noticed as uh, Deacon Novella was reading, I, I've written things down about this passage in your Bible. You can't see them there because I often write them in pencil, but uh, those in the front will see them. And uh, I write these things down. They're blessed to be servants of the Master. It's somewhat overwhelming, isn't it? An unbelievable privilege to be a servant of the Lord Jesus Christ. I do hope that we never forget that. It's a privilege to be a servant of the Lord Jesus Christ. And in these verses, Jesus says the first characteristic of those servants is what? It's readiness with a focus on the master and a focus on the future. The Son of Man is coming at an hour you do not expect. Well, let's look at the second characteristic. This time uh, we uh, hear Peter speaking in verses 41 to 46. And I've called this diligence. We've got readiness, firstly. The second characteristic is diligence. Diligence. Look at what Peter says. Lord, are you telling this parable for us or for all? You've got to love Peter. You always ask these sort of, they always, the questions feel somewhat awkward. I mean, what's he thinking? And yet he says to Jesus, well, who are you speaking to? All of, all of them or, or just us? Lord, are we the ready ones, or are we the ones who are showing readiness, and other people are not? <laughs> and Jesus, as he so often does, does not answer Peter's question directly. <laughs> and he says, what does he say? Let's have a look. He says, Peter, what I want you to do is focus on faithfulness. What is it God requires? Faithfulness. I want you, instead of asking, who are you talking to, Jesus? Are we in the club <laughs> or are we not? And Jesus says, Peter, come on. Focus on faithfulness. 
And our Lord says, the sort of servant who is faithful is that praiseworthy servant, the diligent servant. And he describes the servant as one who is busy and active at his work. Look in verse 43. Blessed is the servant whom his master will find doing so when he comes. Hmm. He's doing so. Well, what's he doing? He's keeping his focus on the master with a focus on the future because the master is coming. The one that is rewarded, the one that is praised, the one that is valued is the one who is actively working on behalf of the master for such a time as this. It has, as you know, been thus far 2,000 years since Jesus came the first time. And yet it is impossible to read the New Testament and not see it shot through with the hope of Christ's return, his second coming. In fact, one verse in every 25 verses in the New Testament touches on the return of Christ. This is inescapable. Jesus spoke of his return often. Paul called it our blessed hope. Peter speaks of it as our living hope. But what are we to make of the fact that in the way we measure time, the way we measure time, Jesus has been a long time coming. 2,000 years is a long time. I think waiting for the train for 25 minutes is a long time. It's been 2,000 years. Are we just to, you know, sit back on our laurels and take a nap until the Lord comes? Brothers and sisters, while we are anticipating and longing for the coming of the Lord, Maranatha, come Lord Jesus, we are to be at work. We are to be amongst those who, what does Jesus say here? The master will find doing so when he comes. Girding up our loins, <laughs> tucking our vestments in so that we can run. Our life, the life of the Christian, is one of labor, not one of nervous apprehension. I've always believed that Jesus tells us about his return in order to steady our nerves and to calm our fears about the future. We are to be amongst those who are not lukewarm and indifferent, but diligent. And the Lord Jesus Christ so works through the gospel in the life of the Christian, and he so transforms them, so invigorates them, that they, as a result of the love he has for them, they are given for the master, and they desire to do all they can for him. Is that a description of you? Or me? Because a Christian, surely, is one who is so captivated with the Master, so much longing and loving for and of the Master, that we are diligent to spend our strength and gratitude for all that He is and all that He has done, and we want to see the whole world filled with His glory. I mean, look back just for a moment, if you would, 
at verses 45 uh, to 47. Look at what Jesus says about, by way of contrast, about the servant who is not diligent. Have a look back. He says, if that servant says to himself, oh, my master is delayed in coming and begins to beat the male and female servants and to eat and drink and get drunk, the master of that servant will come on a day when he does not expect him and at an hour he does not know and will cut him in pieces and put him with the unfaithful. Notice, this is interesting, notice that Jesus starts by saying, if that servant says to himself, What have you been saying to yourself about Jesus lately? It's an interesting phrase, isn't it? It reminds us that what we often say to ourselves is far more important than what we say to others. What we say to ourselves within the quietness of our minds and our hearts and how we talk to ourselves often, not always, but often, has a lot more to do with truth than what we say out loud. I had a a man in my congregation back in my New Zealand days that are drifting into history. <laughs> uh, he often used to talk to us about the importance of self-talk, what truth we are telling ourselves. How's your self-talk? Because here is a person who says to himself, I've got tons of time to get things done and, I'm, and all those things I'm supposed to do, so let's have a little bit of fun. I'm the boss while the master is away. I'm going to throw my weight around. I'm going to be self-indulgent. And instead of diligently being at work, he sits down, he eats, he's lazy, he gets drunk. And what a tragedy. A tragedy because the master returns unexpectedly and the man who has played the fool is caught short. Look at verse 46. Have a look with me. The master will come. The master of that servant will come on a day when he does not expect him. And at an hour, he does not know and cut him in pieces and put him with the unfaithful. Readiness marks the disciple. Diligence marks the disciple. A focus on the master and a focus on the future that the master will come again. The Son of Man is going to come at an hour you do not expect. Here's the third thing, uh, a third insight here. Uh, jot it down if you've been jotting down the other ones. The third one, verse 47, is accountability. Look at what Jesus says, verse 47. And that servant who knew his master, who knew his master's will, but did not get ready or act according to his will, will receive a severe beating. Verse 48. Everyone to whom much was given, of him much will be required. And from him to whom they entrusted much, they will demand the more. Here's the faithful servants who focus on the master, focus on the future, and they have accountability. For those who have been entrusted with the greatest gift of all, what's the greatest gift of all? Jesus, of course, is the greatest gift of all. Those who have been entrusted with Jesus, and that's everyone here this morning who names him as Lord and Savior. If you're a follower of Jesus, a disciple of Jesus, you've been entrusted with him. We hold him in our hearts. In fact, we hold his word 
in our hands this morning. We've received his love. We, we, we love him and he loves us as lovers so great that he gave his life for us on the cross. So we who follow him have received his grace, which is sufficient for us. And we've been entrusted with so much, so much, such great abundance. We've not only 2,000 years of church history from which we have grown and learned and gleaned. We have a proliferation of literature which we can study and have access to. We have great light that's been given to us. You have a great set of pastors here. And as a result, there is a, a great accountability and responsibility for that greater measure of light which we have received. I'm quoting Romans chapters 1 and 2. There's no getting around this. The faithful servant is one who has a sense of accountability, not slavish legal fear, but a sense of genuine accountability to the master. Consider the parable of the talents, where God gives gifts and talents in order that we might serve him, spending our strength, in blessing and benefiting others and glorifying God. So brothers and sisters, the faithful servant has a sense of accountability and says unto God, I want to use up, I want to employ every conceivable resource you have entrusted me with. Let me be a good steward. I want to take what you've given me and use it for your glory and not keep it for myself. I want to advance your cause for the sake of the cause to please you, and to bring you glory. What's Jesus saying to you about those things? What's he saying to me? Readiness, diligence, accountability. We could say readiness, responsibility, and reward are marks of being a faithful servant. Markers in your own life? Let's go back to where we began, and I'll close here. Think of readiness. Think of that idea of watchfulness. Think of diligence and activity and service. And think of accountability. Now take all those three things and think of them in terms of the orientation we began with. The servant is preoccupied with the master. Readiness and watchfulness are a Christ-centered, Christ-orientated perspective. Diligence. We are living not for ourselves and not for our own gratification where we abuse people and where we gratify our own desires, but rather there is a Christ-centered accountability. We're living unto the Lord. We have that sense that the Master is Lord of all. The focus is where? It's on the master. And just before I close, think of the other orientation. The focus of the servant is also on the future. Rather than being consumed just with here and now, which is the delusion that grips many places around our country, it probably grips much of New York City. It's what Jesus describes as the man who says, I've got all this stuff and I will tear it down and build bigger barns and I'm going to eat, drink and be merry. In other words, I'm going to party hard and live for me and make money 
And Jesus says of such a person earlier in the passage, you fool. It's the same chapter. He says that. You fool. This night your soul is required of you. And the things you have prepared, whose will they be? I mean, how ridiculous to think of your gold card doing nicely in that context. You know, in Mark's gospel, Jesus said, you can gain the whole world and yet in truth have nothing. And here is the tragedy. Once you discover you've lost it, it's too late. Just this past week, I went to a funeral of a 30-year-old man who went to sleep in this city and did not wake up the next morning. This night, says Jesus, your soul is required of you. And the things you have prepared, whose will they be? Dear brothers and sisters, the faithful servant has a readiness and is looking to the future, looking at time and light of eternity, and there's a diligence that is animated by this future orientation that sees time in light of eternity. And there's an accountability that is future-orientated, not deluded by the cons consumption of all those things of the here and now. And the faithful servant is the one who has been brought through the transforming work of Jesus and has readiness, diligence, and accountability. Let's pray. O oh, gracious Lord, our God, we are thankful that we have been employed in such a magnificent service because we have been brought under the rule of such a magnificent master. And we love our Lord Jesus Christ and we love serving you. So give us, Lord, we pray your loving help and deliver us. Would you deliver us here this morning from all that would drag us downward and free us, Lord, even this morning to serve you with liberating life, the joy of the blessing of loving you. And we ask, O oh Lord, that you would give us a sense of that blessedness that there is a day coming when the Lord of glory will take a basin and a towel and he'll serve us. And so grant us, Lord, we ask that this joyous, this blessed life that you have given to us here, even today, be lived unto the Lord, that we wouldn't go from this place without once again saying, I'll live it unto the Lord. And we ask it all in Jesus' name. Amen. Hello, everyone. My name is Jim Saladin. I'm the rector here at Emmanuel Anglican Church. Uh, our church exists to see and describe and reflect the beauty of Jesus Christ for the flourishing of our city. And I hope this podcast encouraged you in that way towards Christ. If you're here in New York City, we'd love to see you. Please join us on Sundays at 11 a.m. Generosity drives everything we do at Emmanuel. And if you'd like to contribute, please visit www.emmanuelanglicannyc.com give.